Hi, everybody. This is Jack Graham along with John Peterson, my co-host down in Portland, Oregon. And today, good morning, John. Sorry. Good morning, Jack. I always forget to let the people hear your your illustrious voice down there. You know, you and Pavarotti, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, anyhow, today we are going to take a little bit of a, of, a, of a left turn or a right turn or turn in our normal um, podcast, which we pretty much dedicate to all things that have to do with nature photography. And we're trying to bring some different things to the podcast here. We brought um, a, a young photographer in uh, uh, Cody, a couple, um, I guess, is he, is he, he's not up now, John, yeah, is he? Yeah, no. he is. Yep. That was a couple yeah. episodes ago. Yeah, and then um, so we're going to bring some young photographers in and and uh, try to try to see where their heads are. And today we're going to go in a tip a very different direction. We're going to talk to a, a, an, an amazing photographer named Billy Weeks. And Billy and I met um, through Bill Fortney and another uh, call that we partake in and has really nothing to do with a whole lot of photography, but, um, and, and I, I've gotten to know Billy and understand what he does. And Billy is an amazing, um, photojournalist. So today we're going to talk about photojournalism, Billy, welcome. And thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy day to be here with us. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy to be, be here with you guys. Uh, hello, John. Nice to meet you also. The same Billy, the same. Billy is down in Chattanooga and uh, not far from I, – I, I don't know how many people know this, but I think eventually I'm going to make my way down to Tennessee if I can ever get through with my workshops here in the Northwest this year, which is going to happen pretty soon. But Billy's down in Chattanooga. Uh, Billy, why don't you take um, a few minutes and just let everybody know who you are and 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 kind of just a, a, a bio on – <laughs> Billy's had an amazing career, so I'll let him tell you about it. Well, I I don't know exactly where to start here. Um, my bio, I guess. Uh, well, I can tell you the story how I got started, I guess, and uh, which is kind of interesting in itself. But uh, I had uh, I had done a, a couple of uh, I'd taken a photography class at the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, which is my university, and. I had um, I had a I had a friend of mine ask me to work for the student newspaper, and I did, and I made some photos. And, and uh, one morning I was late to uh, my communication law class, and it was pouring down rain. It was uh, about the third week of November, and I was in my car and I was flying to get to the uh, to the university, and I was about to run out of gas, and I had to stop and put gas in my car. And when I did. Uh, uh, I had uh, I had photographed a concert the night before for the student newspaper, and and I always never go anywhere without my camera and my uh, on on the seat of my car, also ready to shoot. But anyways, putting gas in my car, and I uh, I, I look around. There's a big sign on the front of the door of the uh, of the gas station, which is also a little convenience store that said, uh, uh, "We'll be open Thanksgiving to serve you." And I promise at that moment, there was a turkey that walked up and stood in front of that window. 
<laughs> which I grabbed my camera. Uh, remember, this is in the film days, and I had pushed the film the night before because I was photographing a concert. And I go running up to the door, and I, I, I think I fire off about three frames. And they were so overexposed, it was ridiculous. And uh, with a lot of work I uh, and some help, because I wasn't that good at, at working in the darkroom, uh, I finally got that print made, and uh, my photo editor at the uh, student newspaper said, you got to take this over to the newspaper, the local newspaper, which I did. I had no idea of the people there, so I just walked on in, walked right up to the city editor and introduced myself and said, here's my print. Uh, would, do you want to publish this? And uh, he kind of laughed at me for a minute, and then he said yes. And uh, then that picture gets picked up by AP and goes all over the world. And um, hmm. that was kind of my first real step into photojournalism uh, was doing that. And uh, I, I turned that opportunity uh, later into an internship at the same newspaper, uh, which I turned into a full-time position and, uh, and then moved up to a photo team leader and then to photo editor and, and then later to director of photography and, and then uh, finally ended there as director of photography and graphics and did that for about 26 years and uh, I stepped away from it, um, became an independent freelance photographer for a little over 10 years, uh, worked a lot with the uh, different uh, NGOs that did a lot of international work and did, did a lot of local work too. Almost all of it journalism, a little bit of corporate in there, but uh, not a lot, but a little bit. Um, and then uh, got an opportunity to come back to my university, which is the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, and um, to be a full-time uh, lecturer in, uh, in communications, teaching photojournalism and storytelling. And that's where I am now. Uh, so I got to actually come all the way back to where I started. And today I'm actually the advisor to the, sta the same student newspaper that I started at. And I'm very humbled and grateful for that opportunity. Wow. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> you did a lot in a, in a few years. Um, photojournalism it, it, today you know where, where where is photojournalism i mean is it is it still a viable um entity for someone that's going to college to study or you know every time i watch a a, a, a show a news show or something it's like send us your pictures and we'll post them and i i I know guys like Daikango did that for a while and some other people and found that, you know, it's kind of, is it going away or is it just, is it just hanging in? No, I don't think it's going away at all. I think it's more important today than it's ever been. Um, I mean, we're a visual driven society today. Um, you know, if you see something on the news, uh, you want to, or if you hear of something on the news uh, or if you read it in a newspaper, you, you truly want to see the photos. Um, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's an important part of reporting. Um, and, I, and I also think that the, uh, you know, the business model has changed for photojournalism, just like the business models change for uh, nature photography and, and sports photography and some of the others. Um, I, I have always predicted that uh, that staff uh, 
uh, photography jobs would go away and everybody would be freelance. And I, I think we're seeing the beginnings of that now. Um, the newspaper that I used to work at when I was there had 13 uh, photographers and then another, uh, you know, and then had people who did uh, photo production. And then we had people who also were artists that were also a part of the photo department. Today, that same newspaper, the photo department is three people. Wow. Um, it doesn't mean that they still don't use a lot of photos. They do. Um, but the market is such today that, uh, you know, you've got to be a businessman. Um, you, you got to run a business model that works. Uh, the ones that do it do quite well. Uh, the ones who don't do that very well, well, just like any business, if you don't have good, you know, good ideas, you're you're going to struggle with it. Oh, for Sounds sure. like something uh, we deal with too, John. Isn't it? Yep, it's all about running a good business. Hey, Billy, you oh. know, in uh, I, I did I did some research, of course, uh, before you came on the show, and and uh, one one of the words I used in my head to describe you, you you used it as we were talking prior to the program, and that's uh, you described yourself as a documentary photographer. Not a not necessarily a photojournalist, but a documentary. What, yeah. in your mind, what's the difference between? Is is there a d- distinction between that? Oh, I, I think it is, but I, I also think that they they uh, there's a lot of blurred lines b- between that. Also, I mean, typically people who consider themselves documentary photographers work on extended projects, and um, I mean, this is my interpretation of it, anyway. Uh, I tend to work on extended projects, right? I I don't do the daily grind of a newspaper anymore, which is tends to be more where photojournalism is. Um, my, you know, I'm I'm working on a project now about a high school football team, and I've I've literally photographed them for ten straight years, hmm. um, and uh, you know, I just I just do it for for long term, um, and I often take assignments that take me to play for several days or weeks or even longer um, that uh, you know that, that I'm there to document right I I don't I don't come in and direct I don't come in and pose uh, I'm there to observe document and to report um, photojournalism uh, right has a uh, has a little bit of a different feel about it uh, when you when you talk photojournalism you you know it's completely hands-off environment uh, for a photojournalist except when you're shooting portraits or uh, illustrations and those are the, those are the two opportunities where you can come in and direct a little bit but, um, otherwise you know it's all found situations uh, being a documentary photographer you get to know your subjects pretty well because you're there all the time and it's a little more of a um, of a relationship um, and sometimes that leads to uh, photographs that are more intimate and, um, and, in my opinion, a little more special. Mm-hmm. So well, how, how do you, um, you know, obviously you teach and that's that's one area of your expertise. But when you are a freelance photojournalist, how do you find... I guess people find you. Am I correct? Or are you still out um, sourcing uh, potential uh, clients and business? Well, I don't. I don't do very much of that anymore. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of marketing I think that comes along with being a, 
a photojournalist or a documentary photographer, much like any any business. I mean, if you're an intimate uh, visual reporter, uh, you've got to get your name in front of people. Uh, and so there's a certain amount of marketing that goes with that. You know, at the minimum, it's a it's a website. And, you know, I have a website right now, but it's not updated because I about six months ago I changed it and uh, to Photo Shelter, and I just I just have not put the time into it to make it current, and I need to do that. Um, so at the minimum, you would want to do uh, some sort of website web presence. Um, I think actually building some kind of printed documents tend to work better uh, because you can target your audience with them. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I did I did my share of marketing. Um, but honestly, most of my work after a while came from word of mouth. And uh, I have found that if you, you know, if you treat your, your clients the way you would want to be treated and you work hard. Uh, that they will, uh, you know, they'll call you back. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of all about you. You had mentioned earlier. It's it's really about building those relationships and and you build connections uh, with you know whatever you're interested in. You build those connections, and uh, you never know how those things are going to pay off down the road for you. Well, I'm I'm absolutely for sure they come back to you. Yeah, you know, either good or bad, and. Um, uh, and also, one of the one of the great things about being an independent photographer or independent journalist is that if you have a client that you you know that you don't don't feel comfortable with, you know you you have the opportunity to not accept coming back. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, you you don't have to work for that person anymore. Uh, which is opposite if if you were on a staff position, right? You got to go to work every day, um, and so it's it's a little bit different. So, Billy, let's, you know, one of the one of the things that I'm really interested in right now, just sort of in my in my path is, uh, you know, storytelling through visual imagery and just this concept of, of telling stories. And it doesn't even matter what your subject is. You know, for for me, it's landscape and nature. And for you, it's it's largely people. Um, talk, talk about if you could a little bit about your your how do you look at storytelling when you're doing documentary work um how does that play through your head well you know as a uh, somebody who photographs people i i'm i study body language right i mean body language is incredibly important to me i i can almost tell you immediately uh you know what somebody you know how somebody feels or how somebody's going to be photographed uh uh, by their body language, right? I mean, shoulders backward, it's a little bit passive. Shoulders forward is, is a little more aggressive. Um, I look for that. Um, I also look for moments, right? Uh, a moment where maybe a grandfather or grandmother's playing with their grandchildren. Uh, you know, that, that moment they touch or laugh or that, that moment that they are involved with each other. Maybe, a, a, you know, a father and son throwing a baseball around. Uh, you you look for those moments, right? I mean, that's how we tell stories. We we string moments together, and then all of a sudden we start saying something about our subjects, uh, which I think is you know if you think about it, it's the same as if you and I were sitting down and telling stories about each other, right? We would we would start by saying, oh, do you remember that time we were out in that landscape, 
making making those beautiful photos and I don't know and 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 that Billy kid tripped over a rock and hit his head. Uh, right, that's a moment, right? And it's also a photograph. Um, even though it might not be a happy photograph, it's still a photograph. Uh, and I start looking for moments when I when I find them. Um, you know, it's kind of important. I, I you know, there's a there's kind of another way of, to think about it. If you think about it, when gesture and posture come together, that's usually a moment. Hmm. Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. You know, I, I, we don't, you know, we, we kind of look, I always tell my people in the workshops that, you know, we hear about the stories, everything's going to have a story. It really does. And more people I see these days are talking about having a subject. What's the subject? The subject's got to be there. But really, the subject is just part of the story, correct? Well, it, it is. And one of the things I teach in class, do you, you remember back in elementary school uh, when you when you had to diagram a sentence and you had a subject and you had a verb and you had a direct object? I hate yeah, you guys remember those things? I, I, yeah, I hated it, too. Uh, but if you, if you think about it, when you have a photograph, you know, your, your subject's the reason you're there to make a picture. Your verb is your action in the photograph and your direct objects, your background. And if you can be able to sit down and write that visual, you know, just write that sentence, you probably got a photograph or at least the makings of one, you know, you still got to compose it, but, uh, you know, and you, and you kind of have to think about that a little bit. But, and, and, um, and to add to yeah. that, though, Billy, I mean, you know, conversely, if you're sitting there and you can't name, you know, the object, the verb, the subject, whatever you want to call it, if you can't even even speak the story, maybe there's not a picture. Maybe you should keep walking. Well, that's that's probably true. Uh, you know. You guys are experts at landscape photography, and uh, and I'm not, but I but I but I will tell you that uh, there's an awful lot of journalism in landscape photography and environmental photography, and uh, and I and I think that when you when you look at it, right, I mean, there's verbs in those environments, uh, storms, wind, rain, um, all of that is action, and and mood, and it's incredibly important. Um, you know, some of the some of the greatest documentary photographers are are landscape photographers, in, in my opinion. I, you know, Ansel Adams was a he was a failed journal he was a failed journalist, uh, but he he was uh, an activist, which is a documentary photographer, uh, in his his national park coverage. So, uh, yeah. Hmm. So, Billy, how do you how do you uh, maybe tell us? Tell us about Central America. I know you spent a lot of time down there, and it's really interesting. Um, you know, how, how did you how did you come about spending so much time in Central America, making that such an important place to you? So, uh, well, here's kind of the emotional uh, response to that. Uh, I was was the uh, director of photography and graphics at the uh, Chattanooga Times Free Press. And I had a photographer that uh, was assigned uh, to go to El Salvador to, uh, to cover the military. There was uh, a local military unit that had been 
assigned to Central America, and they were going down to uh, uh, to help clean up some villages that uh, where a uh, where a dormant volcano had filled up with water, and then it collapsed, and it it uh, destroyed some villages, and it destroyed uh, some roads, um, and it had just done lots of damage. And um, so, anyways, I'd signed this photographer to go do that. Uh, he came up about, I don't know, a few days before, I don't remember how many days, but a few days before and, uh, said that he couldn't go for whatever reason. And I was the only person on staff that had a passport, uh, at the time. Now everybody has them, but in those days they didn't. Um, so I took the assignment, um, and I went to El Salvador with the U S military. Um, and, uh, I never got to finish that assignment because the, uh, the airplane comes in and lands in San Salvador. Um, the jet door opens, and there's you know there's 300 or so military men on this tr- on this airplane. And uh, one of the the uh, United States major uh, Army majors is uh, he comes to the door and he he starts screaming my name. And uh, it turns out that my dad had had a terrible stroke, and um, he. He he said that I had to get back on the plane and come back to the states. So I never got to finish that story, um, and I was I was heartbreaking and broken in many ways. Uh, number one, I you know I, I really never got a chance to talk to my dad again. Um, he lived about six months, but he he couldn't talk. Uh, the other side to that is that um, I I just made a promise to myself that. You know, I was going to I was going to go back and I was going to finish this story. Um, and it took me about three years to get back. I got back with uh, traveling with a with an NGO uh, and I didn't get to go to El Salvador right away. I, I ended up in uh, uh, in Nicaragua. Um, but I but since then, uh, you know, I've worked in Nicaragua and, and Honduras and Panama and Guatemala and uh, uh, pretty much all of that Central America area down there uh, probably spent more time in Nicaragua than Honduras and Honduras than than the others. Um, they're all similar. Uh, the people, the, the cultures are similar. Um, I I just feel called when I'm there, and most of the time, what I photograph when I'm there when I'm there is just daily life. Uh, I I just I just love it. And and I think it's important for us that that whole area is important to the United States. We, we're still having these stories about those areas. So you, you go down and you're there for whatever time period you're there and you come back and you have all these photographs. Yeah. How do you how do you market them? What, what, do, you, what do you do with them? Well, I'm always sent I'm I'm always sent. That's not just me going down and shooting stock photography. Uh, You know, I'm I'm, I've got a client, and uh, and more importantly, I have a purpose for being there. I see. Uh, You know, I'm going there. I'm either photographing hospitals or I'm photographing. uh, Sometimes uh, uh, there's some mission groups that I'll photograph when I'm there. I've done several of those. Uh, I mean, I've always got a purpose for being there. I don't just go down and wander around. I, that's dangerous to do that that way. Um, I have uh, I have people on the ground there that work with me when I come in that uh, help me negotiate the culture, uh, you know, to make sure that I don't do anything that's offensive. 
and not knowing it, you know, sometimes you can, you can do that. Um, so I, I work with a, a national when I get there. Uh, I do, I do my best to be sensitive. Uh, I'm working a lot of areas that are poverty stricken and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to look down on, on people who are struggling in life. And, um, that's not my purpose. My purpose is to lift them up. Um, I, I, I truly want people to look at them and go, okay, you know, there's, there's somebody that's important and, uh, that's kind of my purpose, uh, in, in most of my work there. Oh. Wow. That's pretty awesome. You know, folks, um, I, before we started talking to, I was, uh, I was asking Billy about, about a certain, uh, aspect of him and, and, uh, I'll put the link up on our, on our, uh, website for the podcast, but Billy had the honor of, uh, of being asked to present at a TEDx conference, and so he gave a he gave a talk uh, for the TEDx organization, and uh, which, which I think is a is a really incredible honor, Billy, for you. Um, I, I, just for anybody being asked to do that, how did how did they recognize you, or 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 what was the premise for for being asked to give this talk? Uh, I had a friend of mine who was. Um who encouraged me to, uh, you know, to send them uh, some paperwork. So I, I did. Um, I don't know how many people, you know, did that, but it, I'm sure there were uh, hundreds and hundreds. But um, And I got selected to do it out of that. I, I'm not sure there's anything special in the selection process um, other, other than that, uh, particularly here. Can you tell Billy's really modest, John? I mean, <laughs> I know. Yeah, come on, I know. I've never. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a pretty awesome thing. I mean, it's a. It's a hugely watched series. And and what what was your what was your talk about, Billy? Uh, my talk was about two views in documentary photography, and um, and what I what I actually did was. Um, I would show a series of pictures, uh, one, well, I show a series on baseball, actually, out of uh, Dominican Republic, and um, I, and I, and then what I do is I break it down. Um, I, it's actually almost like two talks in one. The first part of talking about the baseball photos is about my love for baseball and how the photographer has an interest in making these photos and how... How, as a kid, as, as a you know, as a uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine year old, used to go out and throw a baseball against a, a brick wall every morning, and how important that was uh, to him. Um, the second part of that talk uh, was about uh, you know the importance of baseball in the Dominican Republic and how um, every uh, you know, every major league baseball organization has an academy uh, in uh, in the Dominican Republic, and at this academy, right, they they take young young players from all over the country. Some of them in in areas that uh, you know that are that are really poor, uh, and the ones that they think that can play, they bring them into an academy, uh, put them to school, uh, feed them well. Um, and have them play baseball every day and teach them. 
many of those players end up in, um, you know, in the majors today. And some of them are, you know, some of the best, particularly infielders um, and pitchers uh, in Major League Baseball today come from the Dominican Republic. Um, I, I think about, I think it's about 11% of all Major League Baseball players are from the Dominican. And that's mm-hmm. a, that's a huge amount. That is. Um, um, so, so my so my talk bounces back and forth, and and I'll and I, I'll I'll talk about why baseball was important to me, and then I'll talk about why the subjects are important in in this series, uh, and then I do the same thing with um, with Central America in that talk, and then I kind of end it with uh, uh, you know talking about how um, you know actually I, I photograph myself every time I push the button, and and I do. Right. I I bring whatever my background is to that picture every time I push the button. So which I think is important. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, you know, as you were talking, really, it kind of prompted another question for me. And, and you touched on your love of baseball and your love of, of Central America. And and, you know, when we photograph things that we are interested in or passionate about, it it i think it comes through in our images there's a little extra special sauce that comes through how do you how do you talk and work with people who let's say are doing photojournalism that that don't necessarily have a, a passion or an interest in a particular subject but yet they still need to make compelling photographs uh, you know that's a that's an interesting question. I, and um, well, to start with, I would I would say this. In in one of my storytelling classes, um, I always tell them when when you're starting to tell a story, when you pick a subject, you should pick a subject that you're really passionate or you really love, or it's something that you really hate and needs to be changed. Right. That mm-hmm. that's where you know that that extra excitement and that emotion is going to come out in your in your photos. Um, but from time to time, right, is particularly if you're an assignment photographer, uh, you may get an assignment that, okay, may not be so exciting to you and you have to make something out of it. And when you, when you do that, um, you know, you've got to kind of depend on the photography tools. You got to look at great lighting. You got to look at great, uh, mood, uh, composition. You know, sometimes you can, you can save an assignment just by making it pretty, uh, even, you know, if, if it's appropriate to make it pretty. Um, so you got to, you kind of, you got to have to use the, uh, you know, the photography options in front of you. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of an important way to, to get through an assignment that, that you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, tr- kind of translating that uh, in my head for landscape and nature, there's, you know, we work with a lot of, a lot of folks and, and we have these preconceived notions where we're, we're going to go out and have this, you know, great light. And, and that's what I'm passionate about is I want to catch this grand scene. And, you know, you get on location and the light sucks. And so what do you do? Well, you go find something to shoot that you may not be passionate about, but has the right light, the right composition, the right subject that is photographable. Um, and, and you just change, uh, change course and, and find those things to make that compelling photograph. Yeah. I, I bet you guys deal with all kinds of, of light situations. And, 
uh, you know, I, I tend to like make fo- like to make photographs when the weather's really bad. When it when it's pouring mm-hmm. down rain, I'm ready to go. <laughs> that's I think that's the best opportunities for me because it it sets a certain stress level for the people I'm photographing and uh, and it, and it adds something to it. Um, also, you know, as I, I would imagine, and maybe you should tell me, but if you're photographing landscapes, you know, those big dark clouds are. And that ugly weather, to me, just, I mean, it may not make the adventure any more fun, uh, but it's going to make the pictures better. It's beautiful. We're, we look, we, we both have one thing in common, Billy. We both look for drama um, yeah. in different ways, you know. And, and uh, you know, drama could be something that's good or bad, you know. and, and uh, um, But drama is something that you'll get a viewer to kind of, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but when I back, I don't read a newspaper anymore, but I do read some things online and, you know, the picture is what draws me into wanting to read the, the, the print, frankly. And I don't think I'm alone. Correct. Yeah. I, yeah, no, there's, there's lots of research that uh, people, people read stories that have visual with them and yeah, i mean it doesn't always have to be a photograph it can it can be a, a nice graphic or you know if you're talking election coverage it can be numbers of you know how each district voted those kinds of things but yeah there's lots of research that, that says visuals particularly photographs are your entryway into your stories and, and particularly newspapers who's driving uh who's driving the agendas these days um you know is it is it uh, the online people or I'm, you know, I mean, somebody has got to be driving, you know, we, 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 we used to, you know, we moved from a, a, an area where, um, you know, the media people like AP and UPI, they were, they were like the people who drove the whole photojournalism business, I think. And I, I may be wrong. I know nothing. I'm just telling you what I'm, thinking um but now you've got other platforms you've got the online people and 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 that's really changed hasn't it well it it has changed i think i uh, and i may have this number wrong but i think i heard something earlier in the week that the new york times has just just crossed eight million circulation online um which is pretty incredible um, I, you know, Jack, to answer your question, it's kind of hard to answer anything about agenda because, uh, you know, true journalists, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have a point of view, uh, but an agenda is, is, uh, is a different issue than a point of view. Um, I, I personally think that, uh, that, uh, if you have good editors, right, whether it's online or in print, it doesn't matter. Uh, good editors are the ones who, uh, who are the gatekeepers who should have a kind of a handle on the community. Um, and they are the ones that, uh, should be, should be pushing, you know, whatever local agenda is, needs to be pushed. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, you know, journalism in the community. And that's, what's really important to me. I think what we hear today, because a lot of our TV broadcasts, broadcast or cable news broadcast or uh, a lot of opinion directed um, you know they they like to talk opinion a lot with people rather than reporting 
And they like to fight a lot. They like to they fight like a to lot, fight to, a lot. To, 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 to get people to watch. Yeah. Get, get ratings. Yeah, they can charge a lot more for commercials. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, speaking of creating drama, uh, a good bit of it is creative drama. Yeah. Exactly. Um, when they report news, right, it's interesting and important. But when they evidently don't have one of those shows on, they like to debate a lot. And I, I honestly believe that that doesn't do us very much good. So, so, so it sounds like the majority of, of you know professional uh, journalism is still in print. Correct? I mean, it's still, it's still, you know, uh, it's the publishers' revenues that still come from the print medium. Am I wrong about that? Well, I think I think we're seeing that change. As a matter of fact, our local newspaper here is going totally online. Uh, yeah, I think it's actually next week that they're going totally online. Our uh, our local publisher, uh, everybody who subscribes to the, the Chattanooga Times Free Press now gets a free iPad, and uh, all of their news is going to be going to be uh, delivered, uh, you know, on the iPad every morning. So. Uh, so instead of you know going out and picking up your newspaper, you're just going to punch a button on your iPad, and there's your your local news. Um, that's uh, something they committed to in uh, in their chain, uh, a chain of newspapers, and they've used it in other cities. And it's um, and from my understanding, it's been successful. Um, I haven't actually looked at those numbers. I'm just telling you what I've read. Um, my uh, and uh, they made the announcement about a month ago that uh, that local news here in Chattanooga would be handled by the iPad and pretty sure that it's next week or the week after that that actually happens. That's amazing. That's amazing. But, you know, as we go, as we move ahead, you know, um, professional journalism, I think is going to be more important than it's ever been. And, but the business, I guess is changing from what I'm hearing. Um, and, and, and you, you, I'm sure you're teaching that to your students. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about business models in in my classes, and uh, you know, I I encourage them to be independent photographers, um, or to get as much experience, you know, through their their um, their internships as they can get, uh, you know, and then and then move on and make a decision. Uh, you know, in my day, which was a long time ago, they kind of encouraged you to get five years in, in the newspaper business or in some journalism business. And, uh, and then I was always told, get, to, get your five years in and, uh, and then we'll go work for yourself. Um, I'm not sure you're allowed to get your five years in now because there's not as many staff positions open in newspapers. But, um, but if you've got good business sense today, you know, it's easier to market yourself because you're, you can – you can do it on your website, and you can do it with Instagram, and you can do it with Twitter. It's easier to market, right? I mean, I can you you even as a young photographer can get your work in front of editors in New York or Los Angeles today, much easier than you could in my day, which was you you had to print up a box of photos um, and uh, mount them to Blackboard. And then pay a hefty fee to get uh, FedEx or UPS to, you know, deliver it to New York. Uh, and then you never knew if it got looked at or if you'd ever get it back. Uh, so it's much easier today 
in my opinion, to get your work in front of people. Um, and I and I think I think that's kind of important. Is this? It's got to be competitive as as all get out. I don't know. Uh, yes, but what any is kind it? of photography is what real is competitive, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, you know, you. I think the key is to do something that separates you from the pack, you know, and maybe concentrate on one area, like you say that you like. And, uh, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I have a degree in music from Indiana, and one of the gripes that I had was that, you know, they taught you how to play great, and they taught you all this stuff, but they, they didn't teach you how to make a living, you know, and I, I, I guess that's part of what you're teaching, correct? Well, we talk about it. We don't go in depth in it as much as probably we should. Uh, and that's pretty common, actually, yeah. is that you you kind of you kind of talk about, you know, this is this is how you do it. This is why it. But we don't always talk about this is how you find people that that need you to do it and that will pay you to do it. Um, the flip side of that, and probably much like your music degree is that no matter what you do and where you go, you've always got it, right? Photography is always with you. Yep. And uh, and that's kind of important, too, because I teach at a communication department, not a, uh, not a journalism department. Uh, most of the people that I teach photography to are actually writers, uh, and they, are, you know, they, they want to, to be writers. Um, but down the road, they're going to have to deal with people like me, and if they can't speak the language or if they can't understand the needs of, of photographers, then we're, you know, we're right back to, we've got a story, but we don't have the right photo with it. Yep. And, or, or we've got the right photo and we got the wrong story, which is the other side of that, <laughs> uh, which I, which I think is, is, is important too. Right. I mean, you, you kind of have to work as a team out of that. And so that's, that's kind of what, what I have here i mean this is this is not a journalism school that i'm at yeah i wish it was but it's not so so you know let's make believe that you know i've got a a kid that's ready to um get out of high school who wants to study photojournalism i mean do we encourage that? Is it something we need to say? Yeah, you can, you can, if you're good enough, you can get in this and make a living um, and take it to the next step and find a, a, you know, a UT Chattanooga to learn from or, or do we tell him to um, get another job while you do this? Is this this still a viable way to, that you can encourage people to make a living? I, I think I think it absolutely is. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting, Jack. When I when I first started in in university, my dad wanted me to do something in the medical field. He said, "There's good paying jobs in the medical field. You should go do it." And I and I did my best. Right, I, I came in and I hit organic chemistry, and all of a sudden, you know, I didn't do so well. <laughs> I had to I had to get back and do what was in my heart. Um, and uh, and some of you know maybe a, a backward way, I I kind of found it right. Uh, I found it, and I actually found it through a student newspaper here at the university. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I and I did. I I found that you know it, it, I was really interested in photography, but I was more interested in telling stories. I mean, I was more interested. It, it was more interesting to me to 
you, you know, to uh, to go to a tennis match or to go photograph a football game, uh, or maybe to tell a story of uh, of someone who works uh, over at the university center. Um, it was more important for me to to visit and tell those stories uh, than it was to make pictures. Um, <laughs> John, isn't it interesting what what Billy just said? It it overlaps what we've heard from the guy tiles of the world, Colleen, Cody, all the other, you know, really great photographers. You know, find something you like and go for it. I guess yeah. is the is is the message. Um, well, you know, and and going for it's never easy, but going for it no matter what you do is not easy. Uh, it's, it's really, it's really hard actually. Um, here's here in your, in your scenario, Jack, what, what I would tell your young son that's getting ready to go into college and he's interested in photojournalism. I would tell him to go work on a personal project, right? Um, go out without anybody assigning you anything and work on a personal project that nobody else has. It's uniquely yours. Um, because if you do that and you get a chance to sit down with the editors, you know, you automatically have something you can talk about that's not necessarily what all the others are talking about. And it's a great way to to market yourself. It's a great way to be known for something. Um, and it's and it's really important that you show uh, those people that might hire you that you can actually do the work without without somebody you know standing over top of you and saying, "Go and make." go make that a picture again and um i always found that when i worked with with young photographers that could do that uh, it was always something special um personal projects are incredibly important and you know might not make any money off of it but it might bring about opportunities down the road that you wouldn't get any other way and you meet people yes you sure can. Yeah, you meet people. Well, you know, the, the other thought that was going through my head as you were talking about those those projects too, Billy, was that it, it helps, especially young folks, but even, even older folks, it helps people better connect with themselves to better, and I hate to use this word, but to better find their voice, if you will. Um, you know, the more work we can do for ourselves that we're passionate about, the more we can help refine our, our visions and our, and our voice and what we want to say as, as artists or creatives. Yeah. Well, finding voices is incredibly important. And, you know, we all have a voice. We don't really realize how much power that voice has until usually later in life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, and you got to you got to really think about that. Uh, I I believe one of the steps of being professional is to give back to that community. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm teaching now, is that uh, you know I'm I'm on up there for years, and it's time to uh, it's time for for me to give back. Uh, and I think that's incredibly important that we all do that. Um, that's and exactly you know what that's I'm the doing continue- John's doing same thing. Yeah, so right. Yeah, it was the. Con- continuation of, of your voice right it's and it's how you ensure that the next generation carries on what you think is important mm-hmm. well i think it is important and i and I, you're to be you know just commended you know it, it's a it's just it's such a funny thing i i 
I, uh, I, people hear that, well, you know, uh, um, photojournalism is dead. You know, photography is not what it was. You can't make a living doing this. You can't make a living being a musician. You can't make a living being this. I, I think you could make a living being anything you want to, as long as you are willing to work hard at it, put the time in and, and differentiate yourself from the pack. I, I think, I think you can do that. And, and, uh, I, I, I thank you for bringing that out. And I hope people who listen to this can get something out of it. You got to talk about one last thing, Billy, you got to tell us where your last assignment was because I am so jealous. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, 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 I was hired by the Atlanta Braves to photograph the, the three World Series games in Atlanta. Um, I, I don't know that <laughs> you're jealous, but uh, I am. You know, that's what uh, I... it's. Yeah, that that was my last assignment. <laughs> so, were you down on the field, Billy, or were you up in the stands, or what? How did that? How does that work? How do you do that? Uh, my my shooting position, and you're all assigned shooting positions, was elevated above first base so uh i was uh, just above the first tier now my credential would get me on the field and i was on the field quite a bit uh but during the game my shooting position was elevated first base and i was there with uh sports illustrated and the new york times and um oh, let's see who else uh uh let's see usa today sports was there um the houston paper and the El Paso, I think it was the El Paso paper, um, and ESPN. Uh, that's that's who I was hanging out with for those three days. Pretty good Jeez. company. So you you took these photographs of the game. What what, what have you done with them, and who where are they going? Uh, the the Atlanta Braves has them. I, I've not done anything with them. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I barely looked at them actually. Uh, I was my my camera was tethered. Um, mm -hmm. I had a. <clears throat> I had a, a cord hooked to my, my camera and I would uh, shoot photos. And if it's something that I thought was important or that I liked, I'd push a button on the back of the camera and it would uh, ship it to the photo editor, which was in St. Louis. And um, he would look at them and he would decide, you know, what the Braves would do with them after that. Uh, wow. Well, if you ever need anybody to carry your bags when I get – to Tennessee, I'll be happy to. Uh, I'll be the schlepper. Is this uh, Jack? <laughs> you you would not want to carry those cameras and lenses. Yeah, you know what? I would carry them. <laughs> well, anyhow, yeah. it was it was just what an experience, God. You know, uh, people look at the, at us and they go, "Oh, you get to go to Norway and you get to see the aurora and you get to go play with the bears in Alaska and you get to do this, this, this." Man, I would give all that up for a year to be able to do that, to do what you just did. Boy, that must be – that's a cool well, thing. Uh, well, I, I love baseball, and I'm, I'm very grateful uh, that I got the opportunity to, to do that. Uh, it's my fourth World Series. Um, I, I photographed several others, all Braves, uh, you mm -hmm. know. Um, going all, I mean, I was on the field. If you if you look at the video from the '95 uh, World Series, there's a tight shot of Chipper Jones running off the field with his hands extended. You mean Larry? Look, Larry? Yeah, Larry. Yeah, that's Larry. what you guys call him in New York. That's what uh, we, we met. We call him, him. We we call him Hall of Famer. 
down you know, here. You know that he, <laughs> he named his first son Shea because he hit so well against the Mets in Shea Stadium? That's true. True story. He, uh, he, he did do that. Uh, uh, good but, for him. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, good for him. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, John, it's we, we have to get a little bit more away from nature once in a while. And this has been really interesting. And Wonderful breath I of fresh air, Billy. I hope it uh, opened up thank you. some eyes that there's more to life than uh, photographing the sunset, um, you know, at, at, uh, you know, on the beach in, in Bandon, Oregon, than, uh, than, than what you hear from us. And uh, we, we, we are going to continue to do this in the future. Billy, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're busy you. down there in Tennessee and um, you'll be one of the first calls you, you, from me as soon as I, um, get my tires cross the state line so it'll be all good as soon as you come up i'll uh we'll, we'll go out and get some barbecue i'm uh, i'm looking forward to seeing you up this way sounds good to me sounds good to me well john you want to do the uh, honors here and wrap all this right. thing up well sure all right folks so uh check out you know our web page i'll have uh, billy's information posted up there including his ted talk um, if you have any questions, comments, want to hear uh, from anybody else, uh, drop us a note at wetalkphoto at gmail.com. And as always, subscribe, like, do whatever you need to do, help keep this program going. So with yeah, that. If you have any ideas on who you'd like us to try to track down, um, you know, drop us send a us the name or for sure, because you know, I, I got just a brief aside. One of the one of the perks of doing this podcast that I love is we get to meet a lot of new people. You know, a lot of a lot of folks we know, but but I've also had the pleasure of reaching out to folks that I didn't know, and I've made new friends through this. So, folks, drop us a note, let us know who you want us to talk with, and we'll be happy to do it. So, with that, Billy. Thank you so very much for coming on. It was just an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. I'm very honored to be here with you guys. Uh, thank you so much. It's been great. And with that, Jack, stay dry as you can up there in Seattle, and uh, I'll do the same down here in Portland. And we'll see you all soon. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.